We want to pick up on our discovering spiritual maturity. We took lesson one the last time, and we uh, studying the focus of the Christ. So look at the basic habits that every Christian needs to develop in order to grow spiritually mature. Uh, God saves you instantaneously. You don't grow instantaneously. And a lot of people only know that they're saved, and when you talk to them, they say, that's all I really got interested in. I know I'm, I was lost. I know Christ uh, saved me, and that's they don't want to go any further. But our first class we had, our first lesson, uh, was to equip you with skills you need to begin to develop these habits. And we are creatures of habit. You know, I got one here in our class to, tonight. This has got a habit of taking water and turning it into coffee, you know, several times a day, I guess. But uh, that's all right. You know, uh, I got a habit. I get up at, you know, Four or five o'clock, and I'll drink a cup of coffee. Then at seven o'clock, I, I have uh, uh, a coke, you know. But uh, I said that to try to get you in mind that uh, we are creatures of habit, whether we realize it or, or not, and. We need to be equipped with skills. You need to begin to develop these habits. So we studied what is spiritual maturity. Of course, it begins uh, with Christ. Facts about spiritual maturity is not automatic. You know, I know people who were saved 40 years ago. They know Christ died for them. They couldn't tell you much else because they come to church, but they uh, don't take notes. They don't, they don't have the ability to retain. So their chance of growing is not as uh, good as a person who has the ability to retain or make notes or, uh, or ask. So uh, we ended up with understanding Discipleship. Mature believers are called disciples. Now, we know as in human beings, we have a lot of 18, 25, 30, 40, 50, 60 year old people that are just as immature as they were when they started out. You know, that's, they, that's just their makeup. And uh, mature believers are disciples. They want to learn to be a disciple, you know, and we practice that in other things. You know, if I get a good buy on something, you know, and uh, I told somebody I, about time for me some tires on my car and uh, somebody heard that and they, somebody called me and said, I bought a set of tires so-and-so, you know, they want to share that. And we do that, but we have a hard time sharing that I'm going to glory because of Jesus. 
that he died for me, that he chose me. I didn't choose him. That he put me in the church. I didn't choose the church. You know, that uh, he is the one that worked upon me and gave me a desire to know more and more, and that's why we study and study. And the more disciplined I become, the more God can use me. God very seldom uses immature Christians. He can. He does what he wants to. He certainly doesn't have to ask me or anybody else. But I know that the more disciplined I become, the more God can use me. And the mark of a disciple is cross-bearing, as we looked in Luke 14, verse 27. Now, how often am I to do this? Well, according to Luke 19.23, daily, you know. I eat daily. Sometimes I'll eat two meals. Sometimes I'll eat three meals. Sometimes I'll eat four meals because I'm a person that eats a lot before I go to bed. You know, some people can't eat before they go to bed because they can't sleep. I can't go to sleep if I don't eat, so... Uh, at least that's my story. I'm sticking to it. But what is involved in cross-bearing? Whatever it takes to give Christ first place in my life. Whatever change I've got to do or I had to do. You know, I have, to the best of my ability, I've tried to do that so that I will be ready able to study the Word of God and try to lead someone else to the Lord. Now, lesson two, or class two, is four habits of a disciple. Four habits of a disciple. How can I become a disciple? Develop disciple habits. Galatians. Chapter 3 and verse 9. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 9. Now, as we look at these verses, read them with us as we go. God said in Galatians 3 9, He said, Lie not one to another, seeing ye have put off the old man with his deeds. To be a disciple, we got to put off the old man. Well, if my schedule of work won't allow me to get up early in the morning and, and do my reading and studying and praying, and if my job takes me, so I've got to develop a time, whatever I've got to cut out so that I can have time to read and meditate. Even if you don't take notes, you, you've got to learn to read the Bible then meditate upon what you've read to retain it. And you can't be a, an effective disciple. You can't be an effective person to witness to someone else if you can't use the Bible to show them. Because when you just go one-on-one, they leave you saying, that's his opinion. But when you disagree with me and I read the Bible, you're not disagreeing with me. You're disagreeing with God. So I never get mad when people say, I don't, I don't believe in that. You know, 
I have, I always have since I've been preaching. I've had a lot of people that don't believe in discipline. I have ladies that don't believe in the head covering. I have ladies who don't believe that, that they ought to dress like a lady. You know, I go on and on and on. I don't be offended with that because you're not disagreeing with me. You're disagreeing with God if I can say, thus said the Lord. So once I preach it, it's between you and the Lord. Don't get mad at you. Don't try to treat you any different. But when the word of God is taught and you're saved, you now become responsible. And that's why most people don't want to be a disciple. I just want to be a cushion Christian, you know. Come to church regular. Don't cause no trouble. Sing if I know the song. But, you know, because it takes some effort to be a disciple. It takes some effort. God said, lay aside old self. So the first thing you've got to do in these four habits, you've got to spend time with God's Word. Spend time with God's Word. I won't ask you to tell me, but just ask yourself, how much time do you spend in God's Word? John 15, John 15, verse 7, God says this. He says, if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Now let's analyze John 15, 7. He said, if ye abide in me, how can you get to God here on earth? Right here. I don't care how good a cell phone you got, you can't call him. So if you want to talk and find out what God has to say, here it is. So he tells us here, if he abide in me and my word abide in you. Now, when his word abides in you, this is what will happen. I'm going to do this this week. Could you take Jesus with you? I'm going to repeat that, or I'm going to do a little Christian gossip. Would Jesus do that? See, to be a disciple, you've got to die to self. I mean really die to self. So God said here in John 15 and verse 7, Then he goes on in verse 8. He said, Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. But we're satisfied with just a little bit of fruit. But yet, if we put out a new kind of tomato plant and it didn't bear the tomatoes that the old plant did, we'd probably go back to the old tomato plant. God said, Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. So God said, you can be saved without bearing much fruit. But you can't be a disciple and bear a little fruit. 
So God wants us to understand that. God wants us to spend time in his word. Four habits of a disciple, time with God's word, and then we got to have some prayer life, see. Then we got to be giving, giving. You know, God says in the book of Deuteronomy, in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy is chapter 14 and verse 23. All right. Deuteronomy 14, verse 23. And thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose to place his name there, the tithe of the corn, of the wine, of thine oil, and the firstlings of thy herbs, and of thy flocks, thou, that thou mayest learn to fear the Lord God always. He's a lot stricter on giving than most churches are. Wherever there's a prophet, and if you want to be a disciple, God said, you know, you got to be up to par on your giving. God says in Luke 14, verse 33, Luke 14, verse 33, God says here, So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. I mean, that's he, his restrictions, you know. You, know, you can't join the Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force, and they want you to run however far they got to run and do all these push-ups and all that stuff. No, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. Then you couldn't be a soldier. God said, here, you know, exactly what he meant, and he tells us, you know, you can't be a disciple. So four habits of a disciple is time, prayer, giving, and fellowship. <coughs> Outside of your church service, how much time you spend with the Lord? Notice with me in John 13. John 13, verse 34. God said, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love 
one another. Now notice verse 35. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have loved one to another. Now this is a favorite quote. I love him. I just don't like him. I'll leave that between you and the Lord, and I'll handle it myself between me and my Lord. But I can tell you one thing. If Steve Hampton loves his dad, and if his dad was lost, I don't care how hard it would to try to reach his dad, he would put forth an effort. If he never opened his mouth, he would live that life in front of him. See, that's the best witness anyway. So, four habits of a disciple is time with God's word, prayer, giving, and fellowship. I don't think I have a right to say that I am a disciple of the Lord if I don't spend time with God's Word. I can be saved. I can be blessed. I'm blessed for being here tonight. Now, a lot of people can't take this. A lot of people don't believe it. And I don't get upset because I'm not saying that. I'm reading the Word. Now, notice some the definitions of the word habit. A continual, often unconscious inclination to do certain activities acquired through frequent repetition. There is a fellow that I know, acquainted with, you know, he's, Spoke, we talked briefly, but if you talk to to him 15 minutes, he's going to light at least two cigarettes. I mean, it's just one after another. I, I don't think he's even conscious of the, you know, I don't know. But the definition of the word habit is a continual, often unconscious inclination to do a certain activity acquired through frequent repetition. Now, if you've ever been around somebody, and I think Steve has, if he's telling me the truth, I don't think he's lying to me. There's people he works with that says cuss all the time. Says cuss, 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 cuss. They couldn't say good morning without taking the Lord's name in vain. See? They, and it may be just a habit. My wife's mother, rest her soul, she's an outcast sailor. And my son came along. And I went to her and I said, Georgia, I want you to have a relationship with my son, your grandson. But if I ever hear you curse in front of him, you will not see him again. To my, what I know, that lady never did cuss in front of my son any time. 
Because to see her grandson was more important than having camel in her mouth. See, any habit can be broken if you have a desire to do something better. So I'm trying to get you the definition here. An established disposition of character. Now notice with me in Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 and verse 3. You know, you can, while you're looking, I'll read the first two verses. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. So if God allows something on me, if I patiently go through it, no matter how rough it is, I know something good is going to be to the end because if God brings tribulation in my life, it is for my good. Now ask me how I can... I can't explain it except that's what God said. And if God says it, I believe it. So he goes on here and... Uh, Romans chapter 5 and verse 4, he said, and patience, experience, and experience hope, and hope make him not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. With a side note, you know, the Holy Spirit is given to us. Every one of us have the Holy Spirit inside of us. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. Jesus said, it is expedient that I go away. If I don't go away, then the Holy Spirit won't come. But when I go away, I'll send the Holy Spirit, and he shall abide in you, and he is here. And when we don't do what God tells us to do, we're grieving the Holy Spirit. I've had members that say, I ain't going to do that. He ain't telling me what to do. And I find out about it, and I would go to him. I said, I'm not trying to make you do anything. Because if you're only doing it because of me, you're not going to get no reward anyway. But if you're saved and you're truly a child of God, if the word of God says that you need to love the Lord, I believe if you're saved, you'll love the Lord. So a habit is something. So when I was saved, Jesus Christ, you know, the Holy Spirit came to live in me and now I continue to do things wrong, but it makes me feel bad. The worst thing can happen to you is for you to sin and it not bother you. You're in real trouble. Right. 
It is a customary practice that, you know, when you become a disciple, there's things that you do that you never did do before. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Hebrews 10, 23. We're still on the point of, you know, habits and definitions of the word habit. And it is established a disposition of character, whether good or bad. And then it is a customary practice here in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23, God says this. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. In other words, if we make God a promise, if we've decided to do something, let's don't waver. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. You don't make a fellow church member mad by keep saying, why don't you sing a special? Why don't you sing a special? Why don't you visit? Why don't you do this? You just let them know, you know, anytime you would like to do something, you just let the pastor know and he'll you just let somebody know that you play the piano and you like to play the piano. See, that's what is it's, it just becomes habit, you know, as, as God said here in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23 24 and 25 when he said not forsaken the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is but exhort one another and so much the more as he see the day approaching now there are people that they miss and if you go visit them or you call them and say hey brother I missed you Sunday they get mad it's none of your business whether I was at church Sunday I'm sorry. I just miss you, and I just wanted you to know that I miss you. And, you know. But our responsibility is to let that person know that we missed them. It's between them and the God whether they're going to get mad at the messenger or mad at God. A disciple really could care less on the spiritual side because if he's a disciple, he knows what his job is, is to try to tell others about Jesus. So, to be a disciple, you've got to get a drip on your Bible. Why get a drip on the Bible? So it's useful to us. Teach us what is right. Reveal what is wrong with our lives. See, a disciple, when we read something and we say, oh, man, I, I wish old Ben was here. He really needed that. You ever done that? No. Ben probably would have needed 
But if you think that Ben needs it, probably you're the one that needed it. I don't know that, but, but you know, you got to get a grip on the Bible, you know. Get us back on the right track. Prepare us at every stage of life. Fully equip us to do good. Make us wise unto salvation. That's what the Bible did. Most of you know who... Pastor Ronnie there in Ohio, he wires, got to have trusses, but he walked, you know. When I was down to Lawrenceburg, we had a area-wide meeting, and I asked Brother Ronnie if he would uh, play the piano. He wasn't even married then, and I said, man, I have a problem. I was thinking to myself, how's he going to get up on that stage? You know, we... So when it's time, he got there at the stage, and he sat there, and, man, he just bounced himself, you know, three, three and a half feet, however tall it was. Ain't no problem. But the reason I asked him, I said, you know, uh, he put on Facebook, he said, you know, if you really want to get to know your Bible, don't get these index. I said, Ronnie, you're talking about me now? You know, he said, because... If you don't have the index, you you almost got to know, you know, know what the, this is about where John is, this is about where, you know, Zachariah is. See, we, whatever works for us, well, you know, I've been preaching a long time and I've got three, four Bibles in there and none of them got indexed and I don't use them, you know, but I've probably would be better, you know. So getting a grip on your Bible. Second Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen. God said here in Second Timothy chapter three. And verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Before you go any further, the Old Testament is holy scripture also. So he said, all scripture. Because you run across people that when you try to prove something from the Old Testament, and they'll say, but I'm a New Testament Baptist, or I'm a New Testament Baptist, or I'm a New Testament. I'm a Bible Baptist. And the Old Testament is as much of God's Word as the New Testament is. That's why he said, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Notice what is profit for, doctrine. You, are, you can't hardly find anybody that believes in election. You telling me that God elected some? No, I'm not telling you that. He's telling you that. Are you telling me that God chose me before the foundation of the world? No, not, no, 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 not me. God is. And then you ought to be able to prove that. And once they read it, it's, well, I don't believe that. Now, that's all you knew. 
because some people, and please take this in the right way, some people like to not to know because they say, the more I know, the more that I'm going to be accountable for. I can imagine growing up to, to the Lord that, Lord, I didn't learn that. You know. I didn't want to be responsible for it. You're responsible whether you learned it or not. Because he said, oh, Scripture. You know, and it's, it, it's profitable for doctrine. That's what you believe. If you can't find it in the Bible, don't believe it. If you find it in the Bible, believe it. For reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Well, I believe it's all right to do that as long as you only do it, you know, don't do it all time, you know. We have these Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's drunks. Only time I drink is on Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and weddings and birthdays, you know, and they go on and on and on. God said, don't do it. Now, you know, you say, I've been doing it ever since I've asked you, God. But as a pastor, God called me to preach the word, to stand for the word, and I'm going to stand for the word of God if nobody else believes it. And you can find a preacher that don't believe it a lot easier than you can find one that does. Because he, now, why is this there? We see that in verse uh, 17. That the man of God may be perfect. That, that simply means mature. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Better word for that is perfected. That the man of God may be perfected. So we need to get a grip on the Bible and Second Timothy, you know, three, sixteen, seventeen, as we just just read. Tells us you know, we gotta hear, we gotta read, we gotta study, we gotta memorize. I don't know how many cars that uh, Scott, different cars he works on. Maybe he just works on civvies. I don't know. But I'm, Max, you got to work on several different, uh, you know. And whether you was when Brother Nolan was out doing the gas and different jobs, he's he's had, you know, Mike different jobs. He's he's had all of us. You know you. Got to be as God said, you know. Uh, you got to memorize, and memorization comes. The more you familiar with it, it becomes part of you. Now, you know, I'm sure that after you know, I used to, I used to take the IBM forty nineteen and forty twenty laser printer 
I mean, and this is the Josh Drew. I could you to lay all the parts out on that table, and I could put it together blindfolded. Because I, that's all I did for about six, seven months. You know, I've seen it in my brain. But now, you know, I couldn't do it. Yeah, does that bring back what we did when we were first saved? We were excited about the Lord. We were excited about learning the Bible, memorizing Scripture. Now we just come in, man, I'm tired. And I understand that. I'm tired too. Everybody's tired. What's going on in this world will make you tired. Health will make you tired. You've got to get a grip on your Bible. And this is a Scott's favorite word, so I started to leave that out, but I said, no, I can't. Got to learn to meditate. Whenever we talk about meditating, somebody, you know, things done, done. No, that's, I don't know what that is. But, you know, Who, who has a birthday this month? Mike does. So Judy's going to say, what can I get him? And Mike said, I don't want nothing. I don't need nothing. I got everything I need. She's still meditating on it. What can I get him? That's meditation. Instead, we take, Lord, I've got this problem. Call the scriptures back to my mind, Lord. Just let me get lost in you. Going through some pictures today, and I found a picture of my mama. I was behind her, had my arms, hands on her shoulder. Tears came in my eyes. I missed her so bad. That's meditating on it. Meditating on a mother that loved me enough that would crack my head if I was wrong and take care of me if I was sick. You know, that's what God does. He'll whip you all away. How far you went out in that world, he'll whip you all the way back. But he does it because he loves you. So, Romans 10, 7, you know, Romans 10, 7, as we prepare to close here on lesson two. Uh, oh, I tell you, I'd, I'd preach this all night, teach it, I love it. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. God said here, so then faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Hearing by the word of God. So, as I said 
of the day, you know, Life Sunday or Sunday for Lives. I've got Bible on this. I've got Bible on tape. I've got Bible on video. I've got recorded sermons. I've got internet sermons, you know. About any way you want to hear the Bible. So uh, when I leave the house over there in Carlisle, it takes me about 30 minutes to drive here, depending on the traffic. Now, I can listen to my favorite George Jones or my favorite Old Testament book is Jeremiah, and I just put in Jeremiah, and I listen to Jeremiah. Sunday morning, I listen to Jeremiah. Going back home. Nothing wrong with me listening to George Jones. But if I'm going to meditate, I've got to meditate on the things of God. How God has been good to me. The problem with hearing is that we forget 95% of what we hear after 72 hours. So, I appreciate, uh, I think I'm, I'm going to get it right, but didn't, the sister Linda make these, right, okay, whoever made them, I really, I have one here on this Bible, and I have, I copied some, I made one in my, a Bible, I got one on my desk, you know, so in the morning when I get up to pray, I, I, every name is on here, I Pray for these. You know, because uh, my memory is just not as good as it used to be. So I want to pray for every every member. Because the problem with hearing is, like I said, we forget 95% of what we hear after 72 hours. Next Wednesday, we'll have study three, ways to improve your hearing. Brother Scott, would you dismiss us in a word of prayer?